Before we continue, one of the ways we keep all of our content for you, the listener, free of charge is our amazing sponsors, and today Anchor is one of those sponsors. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It's free, there's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcasts right from your phone or computer. Anchor is going to distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and everywhere podcasts are listened to, and you can even make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Hey guys, Maria Menounos here. Before your favorite TV after show begins, we want to let you know about my new show on Sirius XM Stars Channel 109. It's called Conversations with Maria, and it's live Monday through Friday at 10 a.m. Pacific, 1 p.m. Eastern. Go to conversationswithmaria.com for more info. Buzz you later. You're tuning in to the online broadcast network, AfterBuzz TV. Over 20 million weekly downloads in over 150 countries, and your number one source for after show entertainment. AfterBuzz TV, the destination for TV superfans, producing after shows for over 300 of your favorite TV shows, interviewing celebrities and showrunners, and bringing you behind the scenes exclusives. All thanks to E Entertainment's Maria Menunos, producer Kevin Undergaro, and internet leader Akamai. Now, let the buzz begin! <laughs> What's up, AfterBuzzers? Welcome back to Legends of Tomorrow, Season 1, Episode 5, Failsafe. I'm Roxy Stryer, and I am lucky enough to be watching an incredible dance performance by Lex Michael and Frank Moran. Guys, what is going on over there? I don't know that it's a dance performance so much as just a single ritual movement repeated over and over and over. A fire. Uh, oh, no, you missed the second part of the dance. The, oh, the actual this. explosion. We actually didn't discuss the explosion ahead of time. <laughs> oh, okay. He, this was a non-controlled explosion. Yeah, that's right. Mm, he totally screwed you on that <laughs> one, Whoops. then. He did. You can't uh, control when a heart combusts, guys. No, I uh, I am concerned. And also, Lex Michael, all over social media, at the Lex Michael. It's very important when you're concerned to make sure they know where you can be followed. Well, it's like, I'm concerned. So, guys, if you're concerned like me, I we'll talk it. about it on social media. It was a flawless transition in my eyes. <laughs> what about you, Frank? Hi, you can follow me on social media at Happy Go Jackie. And you guys know Dave Child. We love him so much, but he is not here. So, yeah, at the Dave Child, at Mr. And Dave, at Mr. Dave, Dave at Child. At Mr. Dave Child. He is this evening trapped in a Russian gulag. Oh. Our thoughts are with him. This and he evening. texted you that? He did. They let him have his phone, mm. which was odd, but gulags have come a long way since the mid-80s. I understand that. Yeah. I, I love how long we get to listen to this, because I feel like we should actually bring back the beat. Oh, the... We can all kind of do the explosion a little bit. I gotta sync myself up with oh, Frank Yeah, here. there we go. There we go. And out. And in. It's like a workout class. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> so 80s. Yeah. I, I'm really loving it. Uh, all right, guys. We can bust. We can bust. <laughs> what are our overall thoughts on tonight's episode? We're five deep. That's pretty far along in the season. How are we feeling? So, so we finally are at a place where it seems like everybody wants to be on the team, right? 
we didn't have any questions about tonight whether we were all going to keep doing this, but whether we would kill some members. Yeah, there is. there was the issue of whether or not we're going to shoot each other, but it did seem like everybody was there willingly. Mm, nobody was roofied tonight. I agree with that. Alcohol for the miners, but no roofies. Yeah, and not for nothing, now Martin cares about the drinking age? Yeah, I know. We'll definitely get to that. Frank, <laughs> how'd you feel about tonight? The Because uh, I know before this, there was talk before Legends of Tomorrow happened, there was always speculation that perhaps Adam would be having his own spinoff series. And so far, I could uh, definitely see that would not have been a very good, I think a very, a show with legs. But I think a Firestorm show is showing that potentially it could go for a little bit of such a time. I think there's some interesting things, but it's also you've got Victor Garber, too. Who Why makes, do you say that about Adam, though? Because so far, I've not seen him do anything except just be a chump and then just get beat up and yeah, have a show for So I don't know if they, he could really carry his own show. It just seems like he's never been that hero that's going to be able to carry a show single-handedly. What also seems like Ray Palmer as a character, at least this version of Ray Palmer, works a lot better when he's playing off of other personalities. If you took this Ray and you just threw him into a scenario where he didn't have a, a highly contrasting personality to play off of, I feel like that gets old pretty quickly. I yeah. think if I wasn't watching Arrow before I watched Legends of Tomorrow, I wouldn't feel like I need a victory so desperately for Ray. Oh, sure. But I feel that way because we've been watching him for so long, even as silly as it sounds with his love life and Felicity. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Like, I need a win for Adam. I need it. And it needs to be bigger than one week he finally realizes how to use his suit and it doesn't actually malfunction. Like, that, I, I need it desperately. And I don't know if that's a victory so much as it's not a failure. Like, <laughs> I, I figured out how to use the thing that I made and I'm the only one who can use is less a victory than it's, all right, I, I made it today, I suppose. Exactly. So tonight, again, I, I kind of felt similar to you. Like, oh, I feel bad because you're a good dude, but a little chump-like, a, a little bit. Yeah. We'll get into him further down the line, but I want to start with talking about Stein. And we got a really cool moment. We're bringing all different people on the show, and tonight we get a minute, if that, with Cisco. So I have questions about this largely we didn't spend much time on how exactly Vostok got inside his head, did we? Well, you mean when I paused it and turned to you guys and said, is she shape-shifting or... <laughs> right, and it's it's like, it doesn't seem like he's hallucinating uh, on his own because it's not like he'd been there forever. They weren't starving him. It looked like, for a gulag, for a prisoner of a gulag, it looked like he was being pretty well taken care of. So it's not... I'm starving, I'm exhausted, I'm seeing things. Yeah. But I feel like it's probably a, some sort of chemically induced uh, hallucination while they're trying to interrogate him. She hinted at that. Yeah. Like, we're messing with your mind. And then we saw later on the serum she was trying to give him to cause him the pain. So I guess she has a lot of different things at her disposal. Yeah, it's certainly not something that I cannot buy. I just can't explain it. Would you have realistically liked us to sit for another minute and be like, here's actually how it happened? Oh, no, not at all. Because <laughs> I do that, too. I'm like, wait, why didn't they tell me more? 
because I didn't really need to know. It was just good enough the way they left <laughs> it. Uh, but it was, I, I was confused for the first few seconds. What's going on? Why does Cisco look like this? Is this reverb? It felt, Have we gone to Earth too? Yeah. Baffling. It felt very much like reverb. And I suppose that's a little bit dream logic type stuff because when you have a dream, even if it seems very real, there are always elements of it that should, if you're lucid enough, key you into the fact that you're dreaming. So I like that what keyed Stein into the fact that this is not real is that Cisco is never this polite or formal, does not dress this way, does not have his hair this way. So then I'm wondering what part of Stein's psyche projected all of that stuff onto the the image of Cisco in the first place. But I don't think we needed to spend more time on that either. <laughs> yeah, it seemed like she was saying the word, so maybe he was just seeing her Cisco with her voice in the sound of his voice if that makes any sense. That's kind of how I took it. Like she was saying sir and then he realized, "Oh my god, this isn't Cisco." So it's not really his psyche. It's but I I did like I did like the way Stein looked himself in his own hallucination. I want to say maybe Frank, you seem to be able to pull encyclopedic knowledge out of nowhere all the time. So maybe you remember. I think in the Matrix they call it like residual self-image, your projection, your idealized projection yes. of what you look like. So that's what you look like in the Matrix. I like that in Stein's hallucination, he dressed pretty much exactly the way he always does, but he's wearing a bow tie. Sweet bow tie. He rocked it. I yeah. thought he looked good. Come on. If we had known in advance, we would have worn our sweet bow ties and looked that much cooler when pumping our hearts like that. Mm. The explosion. Maybe we could have done like a little straighten of the tie. Got, oh, got one of the motorized bow ties that spin. <laughs> yeah. It would have been amazing. What did we think about Vostok in tonight's episode? Do we feel like she uh, was loyal to Vandal Savage in a, in a way that... Because at least for me, I was confused by her loyalty there. Did you guys feel like it was justified? I don't know. I mean, I felt like the loyalty just seemed like... I mean, I, it certainly didn't seem to be fear-motivated at all. Just uh, because she seemed to really take umbrage when Stein was insulting Savage. So it felt like it was more a personal involvement. So I felt like she deliberately did that out of just, uh, I guess, some sort of interest in Vandal Savage or what he could do for her as opposed to being uh, I'm, I'm afraid of him what he could do to me if I denied uh, going along with his plans did you take it romantically at all I don't think I took it romantically but certainly maybe con- uh, intrigued by po- power and uh, the possibilities that uh, what uh, Vandal's plan was for the Firestorm Matrix was very alluring to her yeah I could absolutely see that and I think Vostok is part of a long tradition of fictional villainous scientists who are always a little crazier than they are smart but they're crazy crazy smart it's just interesting to me that being as crazy as she is, she was able to make it quite as far as she did in her work. I think maybe it was just the excitement of being this close that finally put her over the edge. What fascinates me is that Vandal Savage really cares all that much one way or the other about this project. This, to me, because he's got much bigger concerns specifically as applies to I'm going to continue to be immortal and I'm in love with Shayara and we're going to be together in eternity. The fact that he's going to pause over here and go... Yeah, Russian firestorm. This seems fun. But we saw what the future looked like if he succeeded. So maybe he knew that something, uh, this could be greater than anybody else was looking at it. Yeah, I love the idea that he sees something that could potentially be disastrous for the entire planet and stops off and goes, yeah, this totally seems fun. Sure, let's do this for a little while. Mm-hmm. Well, I so love far, it seems like it's just uh, basically the running themes that anytime that the legends interact with them, they end up doing something that advan- uh, gives Sav- Savage an idea of advancing some sort of tactical. Uh, weapon uh, way farther ahead than it would ordinarily happen in the timeline. And so then they always have to kind of basically just cleaning up their own messes, so to speak. I love the idea that there is an alternate timeline where the legends never assembled and everything's better. 
That, that's true. So far, so far, yes. Oh gosh! Don't like the, tell them that. Well, it's like Rip. Rip says that if we don't get together and stop Vandal Savage, that it's going to ruin history. It's going to ruin the future. We're all. It's all going to be terrible. But for the most part, Rip's been wrong about almost everything else. So, it's all about Rip's family. Right. That's I the get, whole thing. You're totally. I get why Rip is completely invested in this plan. I'm still going at this point. I don't know if I would listen to Rip if I'm, if I'm any of these other people. I mean, Stein said himself tonight, like, it was a joke, but hey, for once, we didn't completely ruin the timeline. I think we're starting to see that, especially with people like Captain Cold, who isn't taking anything Rip says seriously or, or listen to him, listening to his instructions whatsoever. Yeah, it is disconcerting to me, though, that like the one time, and tonight I think is maybe the first time that Rip has come up with a plan inside of the context of the individual episode that potentially could work, and the plan directly involves shooting and killing one of his team. Mm-hmm. That's, yeah. tr- that's troubling. Yeah, it is. It definitely is. Going back to, for a second, because I want to finish talking about Stein and Vostok before we move on, I was shocked that they merged. I don't know why I was so shocked, because we saw in the preview that she was going to be a firestorm, but oh my gosh, when when she actually reached out and grabbed him, I, I couldn't get over it. I, I didn't know how the heck we were going to get out of that one. Yeah, I definitely thought that was surprising as well. Here's Maybe this was something they addressed back on Flash when we started to introduce Firestorm as a concept. Do we know exactly why Martin never gets to be the body? Why he always has to be stuck in the head of a younger, prettier person? No, I mean, the only reason that I can think of is, at least in the comic books, it was portrayed that he was unconscious when he was affected by the Firestorm Matrix. So he always assumed more of the, the consciousness, not the physical form, because Ronnie was conscious when that all happened. But I, and, he, and in the Flash series, he was rendered unconscious right before the, uh, the reactor went up, and Ronnie was still conscious. So that could be an effect that... Because he was unconscious during that, he always assumes the consciousness part and not the physical form. Sure, and on a meta level, it totally makes sense where you'd want the crazy, hyper-intelligent scientist to be the brain while the younger, more physically able person would be the body. But it does feel like somebody had a conversation about this and decided it and didn't tell anybody. Do you know who it was? It was the insurance company who was like, okay, he's, <laughs> he's a little too old to be doing the things you want Firestorm to be doing. Whatever you want, he's got to be the brains and yeah. let somebody else be the bronze. And I'm sure Victor Garber's just as happy doing the voiceover instead of being on the harness and the green screen stuff and all that. He's also probably the busiest actor on the show. I mean, he's he's booking everything left and right, always has been. So, fine, let him then do his little voiceover when he needs to, but he doesn't need to be there all the time. Sure. But still, again, I will say that I really want to see sometime with the Firestorm Matrix when they're Firestorm, just his giant kind of ghost head doing the talking <laughs> like he did in the comic books. That was always <laughs> yes. one of my favorite things. Uh, yeah, CW is thinking right now, and that's in our budget. <laughs> Where? A giant Have ghost you seen Garber head? This show is already very expensive, Frank. <laughs> Come on, there's always room for a giant ghost Victor Garber head. I think it looks amazing. Though I will just stop and say that from everything, the scoring to just the special effects, visually, even Wave Rider. Every time we go through, I'm all in on what they're doing. Absolutely, I feel like I've gotten a little bit spoiled specifically by these shows. It was the finale, I think, season finale, season one of the Flash, and going into season two, where I stopped. Like as I was watching an episode, I stopped and went, "The effects work on this show is staggering." Was that Grodd? What happened in season one? Oh, when the, he has to run up the building into the oh. vortex and all that, and then coming into season. 
two in that extended sequence oh, oh, immediately oh. following that. I was like, this is this is incredible, and we're seeing it on television. And yeah. then to get and you know, even when you're watching Flash, and yeah, it's an effects heavy show, you don't get a spectacle on that scale on that show every week. But then Legends of Tomorrow, the way it functions the way they get from place to place the way they do what they do necessitates quite a bit of spectacle every week and to see it every week is insanely impressive and it's like yeah no wonder they're doing uh 16 episodes and not the full 22 because that would double their budget effectively they straight up said that yeah and it's also about storyline and all that but of course yeah it's too expensive the show just blatantly is uh, let's move on to talking about Hawkgirl and Jax, who took a back seat in this episode based on Rip just saying, hey, you got to sit out. If I'm Jax at this point, I'm pissed. Because except for last week, he has had to sit out every single freaking <laughs> mission. Yep. Like, he probably is feeling so claustrophobic on this ship. I-, I didn't think this was fair at all. How did you guys feel? Well, it's just, I, I feel like everybody at this point should be really questioning Rip's, and we talked about this last week, uh, Rip's planning strategies, where he just excludes various members of the, from the team from, you know, from all these missions, where it's like, you've got, especially in this one, it was him, uh, Shiera, and Jax, just, or Kendra, and Jax sitting on the sidelines for this. Well, why not get everybody involved in this mission? It's, it's uh, kind of frustrating, Rip's tactical strategies. And we've talked, we talked a little bit while we were watching the episode about how there is a certain amount of logic to, well, if you send Jackson, then they can get a hold of both halves of Firestorm. If you send Kendra in, then Vandal Savage can potentially either kill her or abduct her, and neither scenario is good. However, unless this was Rip's first day on the job, how did he not assume we were going to arrive at a point where you need to send both of them in? Uh, you could ask the same question about last week. Sarah and Hawkgirl sitting out to fight each other. We have to assume we're going to need them at some point. It's because Rip, like like you say, like I've been saying, Rip is very bad at strategy unless apparently it involves killing one of his friends. Mm, yikes. <laughs> uh, we have a comment in the chat about Rip. By the way, just so you guys know, we go live on YouTube 9 o'clock on Thursdays at specific time. We're also on iTunes, SoundCloud, wherever you are. Write a comment. We love hearing what you guys have to say, especially if you can join us live in the chat so we can read them on air. Yes. Uh, starting with 95 Rock Fan, who says... Rip is not in the right state of, uh, in the right mind. He found his wife and his son's corpse. That's not the easiest things to cope with. And that's absolutely true. And yes, of course, how could that not affect your ability to make effective strategic decisions in the moment? That being said, you should have the presence of mind to know that and to say, well, I'm very emotionally compromised. I am not fit to serve as captain. I agree with that. Ronald says Rip depends on Gideon too much. How do you guys feel about that? I feel like he should be depending on Gideon more. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like Gideon's smarter. Gideon went kind of quiet in tonight's episode. Sarah's like, yo, Gideon, you hear that? Gideon's like, yeah. Gideon Gideon <laughs> is listening to Rip and is just in her computer terminal going, Ay, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh my God, 100%. As as we all are. Yeah. I, but it comes to a point where the plans where Gideon's talking about how fast, you know, with Jack's, with his uh, football injury, be able to do that yeah, that dash across in 12 seconds. And sometimes you, do, you, just, you don't want the facts hmm. and the figures. You just want to, and the logic. You just want to be able to like, trust that there's going to be that little bit of uh, human ingenuity and spirit that's going to overcome some of those odds. Do you guys think there's somebody else on the team who is fit to be a better leader right now? Right now, no. Because I feel like no matter who it is, it's the blind leading the blind. 
Yes, effectively. I feel like in an ideal world, eventually, maybe someone like Ray could grow into that role. Now, though, I certainly don't think he's cut out for it. Hmm. Yeah, and I mean, I think right now it's just because it is Rip Ship. It, they are traveling in time, so the context of the mission kind of puts Rip at a default leader for that. But if it wasn't a time travel mission and you were just stuck in one time period for an extended period of time and that was it, then I could see maybe somebody like Ray having an opportunity to step forward in a leadership role. Speaking of uh, Rip, that moment where he kind of gets his butt handed to him, yeah, I was surprised with how how badly he got beat up. Captain Cold just kind of let it happen. Same thing with Sarah. When Cold says, you got this, I figured it was because Rip was going to kick some butt. Uh, not a good fighter. Not as well, strong as I thought. But even he went up against Vandal Savage back in the past. so I feel That's like why confusing. Yeah. I feel like if you're going to go with Vandal Savage, although I guess it was Vandal Savage very early in his existence, so he doesn't have 4,000 years of fighting. I think maybe Rip fighting him now hand to hand would be a little but bit different. He also fought him not not last episode, but I think the episode before that and right. won. But I'm yeah. wondering, you could you could make the argument maybe it's the raw, visceral emotion that's pushing him through that fight. Maybe. I don't know. I think you'd maybe need a little bit more than that to win at hand-to-hand combat with Vandal Savage twice. But I-, I could maybe make that leap, whereas he doesn't have any real personal stake in fighting this Russian gangster. And if I'm Captain Cold, honestly, I'd probably let Rip get punched in the face once or twice before I did anything. But not three times. No, not that the third time it's egregious, for okay. sure, but once or twice. But we um, also get our first nod to Prison Break right in there as well, too. Oh, we had a couple of a couple. them tonight. Yes, we're talking about, about uh, where's your tattoos? Because a man without tattoos doesn't have a story. Yeah, I love that. He says, I've never met a building I couldn't break into, which was amazing. Well, and the very on the nose, this isn't my first prison break. <laughs> <laughs> and then he looks right at the camera and winks. That was a go. pretty good Captain Cole. That's right. And I, the, figured <laughs> out, I figured out, I think what he does, and I gotta keep listening, I think what he does is he just, like, he'll get to the end of a sentence and he'll just elongate one of his words. Yes. And that's that's about all he does, I think. Okay, teach us again. One more time. This isn't my first prison break. <laughs> See, now I'm on the spot. Uh, this isn't my first prison break. It's almost, almost, the, it's it's almost like this, the word before the last prison word. Prison break. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's the second to last word. It's either the second to last or the last one, but he artificially elongates one of the last words in every sentence he says. But it's perfect. What he does is perfect. Both him and Heatwave, I feel like, have the strangest way of talking that if it was anybody else, I would say, that's not realistic. What are we watching? This is such a cartoon. I love it. I yeah. love I love the choices they've made. Always have. So anyway, we we do see that Rip gets his butt handed to him. Sarah makes that comment about like I just took out six guys. What the heck are you guys doing? Further proving that Sarah is the most valuable member on this team. Yeah, why can't she be the leader? Oh. She's still really? wrestling. She's still wrestling with her her issues. Is that a real question? I, I'm going to be honest. Yes, there's the whole bloodlust thing. <laughs> I think even with the bloodlust, potentially more effective leader than Rip Hunter. I don't think she's a leader though. I think she's a, a very valuable player. She's not the captain of the team. She might be the MVP though. I agree. She's certainly better suited to that role, but she's not the worst potential leader on that ship at this point. I think almost any of them might be better than Rip. Gideon needs to take over. Like, you have to yeah. step up, Gideon. Why can't Gideon be the captain? So, yes, Gideon's a computer. Whatever. Yeah, I don't care. I would listen to Gideon. I would honestly... Gideon can predict the future. Let Rory be captain for a day just to see what happens. Mm-hmm. But if you have to ranking it, I think you go, like, Kendra, Jax, I would take them out of the running for leadership position. And probably Rory. 
uh, for sure. But I mean, there, are, there are there are, are a compelling arguments you could make for having Snart or Sarah or uh, uh, or uh, Professor Stein or uh, Ray be leaders in different different situations. I do think Snart's on a very interesting trajectory, and he's becoming so much more complex and so much more human. It's fascinating the advice that he gives to Sarah tonight because I was I never thought those words would come out of his mouth when they're sitting there and they're about to go into the rescue which of course we will get to and she says he says something like yes look look him in the eyes and kill him that way and she says we're talking about a teammate he goes I want you to remember that yeah well, I mean, coming from a- snart because yeah. he's up on it right from the beginning because he knows that when Rip takes Sarah aside it kind of explains her like the side mission I mean, he comes right out. He's like, what did, uh, why did he keep you after class? And he goes, like, he wants you to take out Stein, right? That's the obvious play. He knew it immediately. Yeah. he's He's got the brains. And he's got a code, which uh, this was this episode perfectly needed. His sort his rogue's code. It, it did fit his code. I feel like we slightly broke. We slightly broke code at one point where he was willing to leave a member behind. He says he never leaves a member of his team behind. So, well, which which part are you talking about specifically? Are we talking about where they were just going to leave Ray? I'm, tr- in the I'm cell? trying to be. Yeah. I'm trying to be vague because we're not at the rescue yet. But okay. you know, I am talking about Ray. But they but gave it, him. The, they put the yes. fuck. If he wakes up, unless see, the only way that's not fine is if the guards check every, which they probably would. They'd have to check him, and if they find the suit, they'd go, "What is this?" and they would take it. But if he happens to wake up before anyone finds him, then he gets tiny and he's fine. I don't know. When it comes to Ray, I was the the least surprised by his character choices tonight. When he's getting the the absolute living crap kicked out of him next to Heat Wave, uh, I'm talking about after the yard, and and Heat Wave is just taking the beating, and and he said said something like. Oh, your mom. He he starts making fun of the guard's mom. And and if I'm the guard, too, I don't get that emotional that quickly. Like, at most, I go, wait, you are in Gulag. My mother not in Gulag. It makes no sense. (laughs) But, of course, no, it gets gets the guard riled up immediately. I the voices. It was good. I never have an excuse. But, yeah, the the guard gets really mad really quickly, as I suppose I would, too, if I was a guard in a a Gulag. And then starts beating on Ray. Again, Ray gets beaten up a lot tonight. But he takes it, and he did it to save Heat Wave, which is something that Heat Wave actually really respected. Which is, it's interesting to see something actually affect him emotionally. Mm -hmm. And you see, like, I don't think of Mick Rory, I love this character, and I love what they're doing with him. I don't generally think of him as a very emotional guy. No, the most emotion we've seen him show is his fascination for Martin Stein when he's trying to get roofies from him or anything else. Yeah, and I think that's way more about wanting a supply of roofies than it has to do with actually caring about other humans. But you see, uh-huh. he he respects that Ray took the beating. He actually makes a reference to, yeah, he's he's putting down other people while building somebody else up, and he makes the reference to the only team I care about is the team me and Snarter on. But he cares, clearly cares very much about his partner. Yeah, absolutely. I thought that there was going to be more payoff to the lighter. No, it was just him. <laughs> it was his little pyro moment. Just he just he just loves that flame, man. That's his, that's comfort. When he when finally Adam comes back from the yard and was almost beat to death, and he comes back and sees Heatwave just looking at the lighter and is like, "What? What the heck, man?" I thought Heatwave was going to be like, "I've got a plan," or uh, "We're going to lighter something." 
Mm-mm. No, well, just looking at the flame. Yeah, when he first <laughs> when he first takes the lighter from the guy in the prison yard, there was a second where I went, I know what type of show I'm watching. He's going to manipulate that fire. So, and then I remembered he doesn't have fire powers. Right. He has a fire gun. Mm-hmm. And so I actually really enjoyed. It's it's essentially him being despondent basically and just he stares into the flame and it's so it's like no make it sad yeah i know i had a similar moment where i was thinking oh heat wave yeah Mm, wait he can't that's not something he does him and captain gold really don't have actual powers here no they just have cool guns like really when they were recruited they could have just taken their weapons instead and been like all right see you guys later <laughs> now as far as i know when, when rory was captured last episode they also got his gun and i didn't see snart hand his gun back to him when he broke him out so the- theoretically his gun could still be back there in, but you didn't see snart so hand back he waved back his his oh. fire gun so is that stuck back i mean although we, oh, vandal savage is now obsessed with this fire gun technology that this is going to destroy Star they broke City, the timeline guys. yeah yep seeing vandal savage again tonight Get defeated again tonight. Not to be a negative Nancy, but it was too soon, too much for me. Well, this is the thing that we're, we're talking about. Like, oh, I can't imagine this being 20. Uh, it's like, it's just a shame it's not 22 episodes. And this is a sense where, like, I'm glad it's only 15, 16 episodes because I can't, I don't want them to stretch this out over 22 episodes of them try, constantly going back and forth with Vandal Savage. Here's where I'm at with that. And I, I agree. My general feeling about all of this stuff is that, and I said something very similar when we did the Arrow panel last night, I love this stuff profoundly. It is, all of it, if you take a step back and think about it for a second, pretty goofy. And that's fine. There is a line past which it gets a little too goofy. And for me, certain things go so far over that line they become so egregiously goofy that it comes all the way back around to being absolutely wonderful again. Stuff like the canary cry comes to mind for me. You think that's wonderful? Oh my god, I can't. I, I, I think cannot. It's so, I think it is so egregiously goofy that I can't help but smile every time it happens. So, if you want to kill Vandal Savage every week or so, then I, you know what? I say let's go for it. Let's kill him three times an episode if we're gonna do that. If we're not gonna do that... We need to figure out another way to engage Vandal Savage. It cannot be an every other week kind of thing. I see what you're saying. Either way over the top, but right now, this uh, sometimes we do, depends on the episode. Uh Uh-uh. Not cutting it for me. Well, it it should feel like if they don't have the dagger, which it seems that they don't, they need to get Kendra that dagger, then they shouldn't be just going, well, this is the next appearance when Vandal Savage pops up. And they say, let's go to 1986 Russia. They should just go whenever they know they can find that dagger. Whenever they can find that dagger, it's a timeline they should go to so they can get the dagger and then go after Vandal Savage. Just popping up to find Vandal Savage first seems like it's you couldn't put in the cart before the horse on this. Right. Another weird part, which I made you guys rewind and watch four times so that I could possibly try to see maybe Stein was making a facial expression, is when Stein says, I'm sorry, have we met to Vandal Savage? Uh, Stein, are you making a joke? Are you trying to fool him? Are you really getting old? Like, what? Yeah, for a second, my first thought was, well, maybe he's just trying to play super suave. Because we've commented on how oddly Martin Stein seems to have been the best spy of the group. Even better in certain moments than the actual spy in the group. Maybe this was that. And then very quickly, the second thought I had was, I don't think it's that. What? Was this a writing problem? Do no, they I, not remember? I think they remember. I think they just had him playing a beat where he was being purposely dumb. 
with Savage. She's like, oh, have we met before? He's not trying to, he's not going to give up anything. But then when Vander says, no, no, we remember 11 years ago. I mean, then he knows there's no sense in trying to argue that I've never met you before. All right. Yeah, it's not like they went to the past, so they went further ahead in time. I, I, I'll let it go, but it, it struck me funny. Uh, the chat wants to let you know, by the way, Frank, that Snark gave Rory his gun back. Oh, he did? All yep. right, good. So, all right. thanks to our friends what? in here that all all knew that. There was that's why there was a deleted scene where Rory built it out of the lighter he took. Because I could not see another uh, Rip Hunter hologram of future to a star city where it's all the fire gun does not destroyed star city that's why we've got to get eliminate rory oh no see now see now i'm picturing it like the, like the first iron man of rory in this gulag with the lighter taking it apart smashing stuff on an anvil guards going where did he get the anvil but he's not doing anything about it and then all of a sudden he's got the heat gun again and they bust out amazing but of course had to cut it for time yeah before we go on this rescue mission we end up showing sarah the horrible future that her city could have if she doesn't potentially kill Stein. How often are we going to use this device? And do we feel like there's any way for her Rip to kind of manipulate these images? I don't know if he's manipulating... I mean, I certainly don't think he's manipulating them. I don't think... But, I mean, the timeline is being altered by their actions, but it is getting a little tiresome where he'll go to one specific person and say, hey, guess what? This is what's happening, so I need you to do something, but don't tell the rest of the group <laughs> that you're doing this because we really need to you know, we need to take care of this, make sure it doesn't it happen. It is. I feel like we've established pretty clearly, individually and all together, that if we don't stop the really evil genocidal maniac, that bad things are going to happen to the timeline. I don't know that there's any reason he needs to go to anyone individually, whether it's Sarah or anybody else, and say, look what's going to happen to your home if we don't do this. That's egregiously manipulative. So aggressive. I also have a strong feeling that at one point, Gideon's like, Rip, look at the future, and it's all sunshine and rainbows, and he's like, tell no one. (laughs) That's why Gideon was quiet tonight. Yeah. Because he shut her down for the evening. Before everybody leaves the ship, Gideon knows if everybody just stays here for the night, actually the future works perfectly, (laughs) but Rip's family still gets hurt, so my my lips are sealed. Uh, well, for this, I don't want to see any more episodes where people are sidelined or he's not wanting to put people in play because I think we've all seen now by all the by this now the fifth episode that their missions are only successful when they're all working together. Yeah. So I'm okay with, let's stop dragging that out. If he tries to sideline them, I'll be okay with it. But if they actually listen, then I'm going to be upset. Let him try to be the captain of the ship and have them say, "Screw you." Yeah. I'm not sitting here. And that almost it almost happened after the reveal where they find out that they're they're not actually legends in the future. There was moments of them starting to question him and maybe not wanting to listen to him and then pretty quickly they all seem to fall back in line. And I'm not sure why they did that because he hasn't become a better leader since then. Certainly not. He has done if if not a very small amount of things I would say absolutely nothing to prove himself. Like, no, he's, what he, things? He killed Vandal Savage twice, which is fine if Vandal Savage doesn't come back every time you do that. He killed Kendra's son and Kendra's husband or soulmate, whatever we want to call him, and then tonight almost killed Stein. But he did save Stein's marriage, so let's give Rip that. He went back to make sure that he and his wife did meet. That's true, and he does come around tonight. He he comes around. He says, all right, we're going to come save Stein. I'm in. I'm in on this. Was not exactly positive what changed his mind. 
uh, he just read a the change script. of heart. <laughs> he pulled a script out of the time stream. And look, I feel like <laughs> I feel like I dump on Rip Hunter quite a bit on this show. And to be clear. I like Rip Hunter. I love Arthur Darville's performance, and I think there's so much potential there to take him to really interesting places. I just think anyone else should be in charge. Yeah, I'm with you. Uh, luckily, the rescue mission goes okay. I'm a little worried about Jax's knee, but hey, I guess he'll recover. Uh, I thought I thought the Barry Allen who was very cute. That was the best line of the episode. That was very cute. That I was, like that. That was amazing. Yeah. I, I love when they do things like that. Uh, so uh, the the rescue, it, it went okay. And I was thinking, all right, the episode's done now. We've seen it. We got him back. We killed the uh, Volstock. We're good. Yeah, at this point, I'm hoping the fact that we see her blow up. We didn't actually see her die. We just see it at the nation. So they, I hopefully it leaves the door open that she could come back as negative woman. Yeah. She could be negative woman or she could also be this universe's version of Pozar if they decide to go that way. That's true. That's true. She was in some pain. That yeah. looked like serious agony. Uh, but I was thinking, all right, guys, let's go in there and let's talk about the show. And then we started traveling again. And we ended up in Star City. We we got shot down by Kronos, by one of the missiles, <laughs> yes. and we ended up in Star City in 2046. Let's just talk about Kronos for one second, because I feel like he only shows up in blips of episodes, uh, uh, and then just is, like seems menacing for a second, and then is rendered ineffective, and then he disappears. He's also got a copy of the script. So he's sitting <laughs> in the time stream, flipping through, and he goes, okay, page 38. Eight and hits a button on his ship, and then boom, shows up, starts firing missiles. Yeah, and and even when he doesn't make it, I okay, drop off face of the earth, missiles keep going, got it, alright, fire a little further. I like uh, the idea of Kronos on his ship going, I'm not in any of this. Yeah. Get my agent on the phone, what's going on? Bitter. If they could just build him up more to be more effective, it would be nice to be able to alternate Vandal Savage-centric episodes with Chrono-centered ep- episodes where they're trying to avoid or defeat Chrono so we can get away from the Vandal Savage through line th- for one episode or two episodes and then come back to it. it and they, when Chronos first appeared, he seemed very formidable. He seemed like a actual, a physically intimidating presence that was someone other than Vandal Savage that could present a realistic ongoing threat for this team. And now... I guess he's still presenting a threat to the team, but it's literally just been, well, uh, every so often I'm going to shoot a missile at you from very far away. He kind of seems like a gnat right now. Just like, oh, shoo, shoo. All right, let me smack you down. All right, keep going. Oh, you're not really that big. You're just annoying, and you keep throwing off our path. So I can't spend too much time on him because this wasn't the craziest part. We get there. Trash cans are burning. Some people don't even know where we are, don't know when we are, and then... We see who we believe to be Oliver. Yeah. Oh, it's nice. A friendly face. Just chilling here. Sarah's like, yo, Ollie, what's up? It's me, Sarah. Remember? We used to kind of like, all right, never mind. And then uh, there was the Ray, Ray's line. Don't you remember? Rip Hunter recruited us to be legends. Which is so goofy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> absolutely ridiculously goofy. Uh, we also see Smoke. Which yes. Is- Interesting to see. Like, it's, that's great for her. I'm really glad that eventually, presumably, Felicity becomes the head of this, like, the head in name, not just in title, of this big technology conglomerate. Well, and unfortunately, her city is destroyed. Only if things are destroyed does she get to do this, though. Like, or, or when does that happen? Right. At one point. Now, if we go correct the timeline, 
Is there no more smoke? Is it still Palmer Technology? No, it's like, like Curtis Holt's company. Yeah, something like that. Uh, so I was thinking, all right, Oliver, like, why are you being, is this just a thing you do now? You take a couple extra seconds to remember somebody you've gotten a little older He's to? a little older, yeah. So this we, dude doesn't know any legends. Yeah. Scary stuff. We have some theories at the table about... Oh, yeah. I think he's Connor, Connor Hawk, his mm-hmm. son from the comics. Mm-hmm. That would make the most sense. In a world where we have established no other potential future Green Arrow, that, I think, would make the most sense. Especially since, wasn't it confirmed that Connor Hawk would show up in some capacity mm-hmm. on this show? Yes. I believe so. So that that's what we're going with. It seems like everybody in the chat agrees with that, and everybody on Twitter seems to think the same thing. Are there any other options we really have? Who else? I, off yeah. the top of my head, I really can't think of any character, any known character that it would make sense for that to be. All right. Let's get to some news and gossip then, because we wrap the episode, and then we'll cover our predictions on yes. that. Yes. So we have an image of actually something I thought we were going to see tonight when we see Green Arrow. I'm like, oh, maybe this is the moment where we're going to see older Oliver. Uh, But it wasn't. Fortunately, these two images were released. Oliver rocking that beard. I love that they have, they gave him his goatee. And yes, it is a wildly disheveled caveman version of the classic (laughs) goatee, but big step. Big step because you thought they weren't going to go all the way. Oh, no, I just, I, I miss the goatee. Like, I like the goatee on Green Arrow, and I get why maybe right now, week to week on on Arrow, they don't want to give Stephen Amell the full facial hair, maybe, but... Young, hot, chiseled goatee doesn't usually all go together. And not not for nothing, when he's not in the costume, it would probably look ridiculous. <laughs> but when he's in the costume, I miss it a little bit. So I was glad when I heard that, yes, future Ollie will have a goatee, He's been through some stuff, it looks like, and just maybe hasn't been keeping it quite as efficiently as maybe he did for a while. And your city's on fire, so I think probably grooming your facial hair is probably a little less, a little bottom of your uh, but if His gonna- city's not on fire. He's dead when we see what's going on here, so... We think he's dead. Yeah, that's what we hear. Well, the teaser says he's dead. But the picture says But the picture say he's he's walking around. Plus time travel. So maybe he's dead now. But, like, you know, you just zoom a year or two ago or... Eh. Plus other Earths. Yeah. No. I, I think maybe it's something they got to re-inspire the arrow. They got to, you know, he's, he's feeling beat down. Feel like he's on the losing end of the battle. And maybe the legends help re- reignite his passion for justice. Uh, A.M. Hardwick says, who is the other guy? Is there another guy in the photo? In that we the can? in the first photo that we put up. So to address that, we'd have to touch on the teaser for next week. Is that something we can do now, or do you yeah. want to jump into predictions let's, for that? Let's do that. Let's jump into predictions while doing that. Okay. Where's our? There it is. <laughs> and now you're after Buzz TV predictions. That's uh, what we in the business call a callback. That's right. I hope they got to the Russian gulag. Yeah, he's gulag. Dave is in a gulag right now, making those guards laugh hysterically. <laughs> they don't get it, but it's funny. Yeah, uh, absolutely. So, I believe the other person in that picture is Deathstroke, because we we name drop Deathstroke, and we see a version of the Deathstroke armor in the teaser for next week's episode. Now, is it Slade Wilson, or is it somebody else who's adopted the the wardrobe and the title? Also, interestingly, they're still allowed to use Deathstroke. Which I heard they weren't. 
that they weren't allowed to use Deathstroke at all anymore, so I'm confused by this. But if they are, Slade, 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 I would love because Slade. I love Manu Bennett's performance in that so role. Good. Also, if you're listening right now uh, and you're in the live chat or you're on Twitter and you have any idea on what grounds Warner Brothers determines which characters these shows are and are not allowed to use, please let us know. It's all the minor characters that they can't use, you know, like Flash and (laughs) things of that nature. What? Yeah. What? That's that doesn't make a ton of sense to me. And okay, fine. If they got if they snuck Flash in under the wire before the hammer dropped, okay, fine. Well, what are we gonna do? This is your this is your show. That's you can't have Flash without Flash. Fine. You can keep Flash. But why, if they're making a Suicide Squad movie, and that's why we don't get Deadshot anymore. That's why we don't have Amanda Waller. Why do we still get? Deathstroke, especially when I believe the movie branch has specifically said we have plan we have plans for Deathstroke. Yeah. Why do we still get Katana, for example? Same question people also had about Booster Gold. Why did we lose Booster Gold? What happened there? Why why did we lose Blue Beetle? What why 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 are you taking this from us? Are you just trying to make <laughs> it's, like, it's okay, Ross. It's okay, Ross. And it's like I could I could find a way to live with it if I knew. <laughs> that, that's true. I just wish somebody would kind of whisper in my ear, like, "Hey, P.S. <laughs> this is what's up. This is what's coming." I'd be like, "All right, I'm down with that." Uh, what do we have for predictions for next week, though? Uh, are, how long are we going to stick around? Twenty forty six. Do we have a couple episodes there? Are we gonna get out of there as fast as we can? I feel like I feel like it's just a, a one and done for 2046 because I feel like I, as far as I know it's uh, Stephen Romel's only doing one episode as far as far as I know for Legend so I think it might be there is that there is the question of Stephen Romel's shooting schedule because I feel like yeah shooting him for more than one episode would require jumping through even more logistical hoops I know they probably need him to shoot the show that he's the lead on but also there's a pattern forming where we spend two episodes doing one thing, then we got a one-off, then we spend two episodes doing one thing, so maybe next one will be a one-off, and then we'll spend two episodes doing another thing. I think we spent three episodes in the 70s. We did, yeah. That third episode was, you know, drinking Carter's blood. Yeah, but I feel like they're doing something very different in that episode than they were doing in the previous. Do you yeah. always remind me about drinking Carter's blood because you know that I like squeamishly that's right. hid that good blood? It's like a little jab at me, kind of. <laughs> yeah, that's right. I'm getting at Roxy. Yeah, just tweeting at drinking Carter's blood. What are you doing, Roxy? I'm done with you. I'm beating my heart over here. Explosion! <laughs> Explosion! Uh, by the way, midway through, somebody in the chat was like, "Ooh, should have opened with this girl's on fire. That would have been brilliant." Oh. Because she was. That that girl was on fire. Now I'm feeling regret. That's what this is. (laughs) Any other predictions, guys, about next week? Well, we we know we're seeing Oliver Queen, or we assume we're seeing Oliver Queen. I was under the impression that he was going to be down an arm. And he doesn't look like he's down any arms in the pictures that we've seen. Mm. So my prediction is maybe Oliver Queen's going to lose an arm. Okay, big prediction, Frank. I, 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 I'm, I'm predicting. I guess it's not a prediction. It's just a, a wish. I wish that they, uh, I hope that they all work together and not, uh, <laughs> really? not split apart this episode. I predict there's a hot girl dancing somehow. She was waving her hands in the air like she just don't care. <laughs> <laughs> Good hey. one, Steven. Thanks for that. All right, guys. In the meantime, till next week, where can everybody keep up with you? Keep up with me. Uh, all over social media at the Lex Michael. I'm not that fast. <laughs> that's, that's okay. If you want, we could probably get uh, Barry Allen to run back. You could, you know, start that over. Hashtag Barry Allen who? 
Got it. Uh, I love it. There you See, go. you are quick. You're getting there. Frank. <laughs> uh, you can follow me on Twitter at Happy Go Jackie. Yeah, tell me about all the other stuff in this episode that I missed. Or let's just let's just chat about comics. Let's do it. Yeah, friends are good. Yeah. yeah. And, of course, Dave Child is at Mr. Dave Child. He'll be back with us next week. we got to go get him from the gulag. Send him your care packages. Like, the three of us? Or oh, we're gonna, can I we're, send no, you we're, there? We're Actually, we're going to sideline you for this one. Lex, we I'm only okay know it works well if we all work together. No, uh, no, but, but I'm I, chill. Like, I'll just, you know, it's supposed to be nice out this weekend. Maybe I'll go <laughs> hang out. I'll come back with a tan. You guys bring Dave back. Uh, guys, you can find me at Roxy Stryer. You can find us at AfterBuzzTV, AfterBuzzTV.com, YouTube.com slash AfterBuzzTV, on iTunes, on SoundCloud, wherever you are. Give us that five star, that thumbs up, write a comment. We love hearing what you guys have to say. And... If you want, join us in the chat on YouTube at 9 p.m. on Thursday's Pacific Time. You guys are the absolute best. We will see you next week. From executive producers Maria Menounos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire AfterBuzz TV staff, we would like to thank you for listening to the AfterBuzz TV network. To watch or listen to other after shows and post comments or questions, be sure to visit AfterBuzzTV.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of AfterBuzz TV. Buzz you later. The views expressed herein are those of the host only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals.